Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Welcome back to Two Guys, One Book. I'm Tim, joined as always by... Brian. <laughs> Welcome, Brian. I should just say your name next time. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, this week we are discussing The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared. Did I get the title right? You did. That's a long title, too. Yeah, it's a mouthful. It's uh, Swedish, and, and uh, their names are really long and kind of, uh, yeah, long as well, like the title. So maybe it's like a theme. Yeah. I don't know. This book was a little long, too, longer than oh, it really? maybe should have been. It felt like it was a little but, long, Tim, huh? Yeah, oh, I say that every week or every yep, uh, episode. You, you do. Every, every <laughs> book is too long, according to Tim. We could convert this to a short story podcast. <laughs> like kids books. One story at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, so I, I like how you said it's Swedish and the author, his name sounds like a fake name. It's it's Jonas Johansson. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Jonas I don't Jonasson? Know. That's how I'm. Yo, Jonas Jonasson. Yeah. Yeah, I don't definitely know. sounds made up. He's probably yes. uh, undercover, like his character. <laughs> <being character. laughs> well, all right, Tim. A 100-year-old man who climbed out the window and disappeared. It was a very popular book when it was released, I think, in 2009. Did you hear about, have you heard about this book for a while? And wanted, or why did you pick this book? So the reason I picked it, I think I saw a trailer a few years ago for the movie version of this. And I thought it looked pretty funny and kind of whimsical and uh, sort of like my maybe my sense of humor. Um, and I knew it was based on a book. So I was like, oh, maybe the book would be a good one to read. Um, we read The Year of uh, Living Danishly, or My Year of Living Danishly recently. So it's part of Scandinavia. And this is a, by a Scandinavian author. So I thought like, oh, let's maybe get a fictional uh, side to that culture and see what that's like. Uh, obviously, like Denmark and Sweden, different countries, but maybe similar uh, part of the world and like some some overlap, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe some similar... Uh, yeah, cultures or, or similar humor, maybe. Yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting. That was pretty much the reasoning. And and yeah, like I said, like my sense was that it's kind of got this whimsical feel to it. And I was in the mood for something whimsical. And I'll probably say whimsical a lot throughout this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Get ready for well, that. Th- yeah, did this, did this book live up to your expectations, exceed or disappoint? I will say there was whimsy, but it basically is exactly like Forrest Gump. But uh, less funny and less like um, human, uh, you know, kind of empathy. So a lesser oh, version of really? Forrest Gump is how I would describe this book. Yeah, you're spot on. That's that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I thought I thought my my um, impression is you can boil this book down to four words: Swedish centenarian Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We should, let's just so do forward reviews of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this a this hundred year old man? He climbed out the window on his hundredth birthday because mm-hmm. he was in a nursing home and he wanted to not be in a nursing home for his birthday, and so he just left the he went out the window and went on an adventure. Well, he didn't know what he was getting himself into. I mean, because he didn't really care. He just wanted to be somewhere else, and then. Throughout the book, the author threads current day. Alan Carlson is the main character's name. The author threads the current day story with Alan Carlson with all the the events that have happened in his past. And apparently, yes, he is the Swedish Forrest Gump, where he's 
traveled around the world and met various foreign leaders and been involved with many, many historical events throughout history. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Well, I think, uh, you know, we could just say like the main character is Alan Carlson, right? He, uh, it starts with him escaping. He kind of has this crazy misadventure saga, and then it has all these flashbacks to his encounters with like world leaders throughout history. So throughout his life, he's met um, like Franco, Mao Zedong, um, you know, the North Korean leaders, um, like, uh, like, and all these like U.S. presidents from that those eras too. So like 60s, 70s. It talks about how he like gave Truman like described how to build the atomic bomb and stuff and like had all these major impacts on the world. But I think my issue with it overall was that he just wasn't a super likable character, you know, like at least like with Forrest Gump, he was very like charming and like, um, I don't know, you could just like root for him. But Alan Carlson's just like, okay, like he, he seems like, I don't know if he's like a jerk, but he's not like that super likable. Like, I just don't know what his motivations were as a character throughout the book. He didn't seem like a real person at all to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say he's very apathetic. He yeah. meets all these different leaders, General Franco of Spain, Joseph Stalin, Harry Truman, you know, Lyndon Johnson, Charles de Gaulle. I mean, yeah, like you said, now say dunk. And he doesn't care about politics. Like he never wanted to hear he, whenever somebody talked about politics, Alan Carlson's like, Oh, that's boring. Who cares about politics? And so he came off as being completely apathetic and not um, in tune with the world around him, really. I mean, like he he read up on stuff. He knew who the world leaders were, but like he never he never um, basically formed his own opinions on topics, really. Yeah. And I guess that was like pretty much the main comedic point is that there's this irony of this guy who doesn't like politics or care about it. But yet he has all these major impacts and like run-ins with world leaders so i think i guess it was like that was but it felt like the joke was really played out like okay he's gonna be another world world leader and something weird's gonna happen and like i don't know it just it got a little old to me towards the end right i agree i mean it was definitely um cyclical and, and kind of repetitive in that sense that you knew no matter where he was gonna go he was gonna be involved with some crazy event in history and you're right, maybe maybe the author wrote Alan Carlson to be apathetic about politics because it would be ironic that this one person has so much influence on global politics. But at the same but I think what that does is it 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 it, it makes Alan Carlson feel detached from the events going on around him because he just he just cares about, you know, good conversation and getting having a vodka. You know, like that's all yeah. Alan Carl- Carlson would really be interested in. He didn't care about, um, you know, what people had to say uh, if they talked about politics or other stuff. He just wanted to he wanted to talk about other things other than politics and and drink, basically. Yeah, there just wasn't like much depth to him as a character. Like you could like reject politics, but still have like other elements to your personality. But he just felt a little one dimensional. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. I like the parts like um, they kind of felt like Vonnegut or something that are just like kind of uh, a mix of history, historical events, and then a lot of like silly things thrown in. It's like mixing the serious and the silliness. Um, but I don't know. I just I never laugh like super hard at this book. I like chuckled a few times, maybe like here and there, like when he went to Bali and like 
he became uh, friends with like Herbert Einstein or something. Was it? Did I get that right? Like yeah. Albert's cousin who mistakenly was like going to help like the Soviets build the build the atomic bomb or something like, and then they buy a driving school and like drive on the wrong side of the road, but like just to get himself a license, just like weird stuff like that. I thought was kind of funny, but I didn't other than that. I don't know. Yeah. See, to me, to me, the whole Herbert Einstein character, I didn't really get or feel like that was um, like throughout all of the other flashbacks of Alan Carlson's life. He's usually mm-hmm. alone. He's mm-hmm. either alone or if he has traveling companions, they're temporary. And then he meets Herbert Einstein in the gulag in, in Siberia. And mm-hmm. Herbert Einstein is a fictional character. He, like I, I looked it up and there's no... I think there's no real Herbert Einstein. Like most of these interactions that Alan Carlson has are with actual historical figures. But Herbert Einstein, I think, is another fictional character that the author put in there. I guess that so that he could have some another companion, because that's the thing is like Alan Alan Carlson has no human connections throughout this whole book. Mm -hmm. Really? He just travels the whole world by himself and, and meets with all these has these random interactions with foreign leaders and other all across the globe. And he does all this stuff. He was, he's a dynamite expert. And so that's why he knows about explosives and then eventually unlocks the secret to the atom bomb. But like throughout the whole book, he doesn't really care about another human being. Yeah. I think that's partly what made him unlikable to me. Like he doesn't have any human attachments really just like kind of funny encounters here and there. But, um, yeah, I guess. Well, what parts did you like about the book? Like, were there any sections that you found pretty, uh, pretty good? Oh yeah, I mean, I liked actually, I liked the current day story about a hundred year old Alan Carlson, um, you know, going on the lamb, finding the suitcase full of money, and then trying to get then stealing it from a gangster, and then having the gangsters look after trying to get him, and then he, and then he then he always eludes them. And he makes friends along the way. That's where he actually makes friends. His most mm-hmm. genuine friendships he makes is when he's 100 and he's on the run from the old folks home. Okay, so let me ask you. Don't you think uh, the ratio of, like, present day to, like, flashbacks, it's, like, 70-30 or, like, 40-60. Like, it's mostly flashbacks, I feel like. I, I agree with you there. It is definitely not 50-50. It is mostly – the flashbacks do take up the majority of the book, which I think – Probably could have been cut out some. Yeah, like I think it would have just made more sense to have it be fifty-fifty at least. And I agree with you. Like I enjoy the modern day story more, like because it's like I like. So that's the other thing is like I like when characters get caught up in some big crazy thing, right? And it's just like oh, a hundred-year-old man who's just on this random adventure after like leaving the senior home, which is like you know depressing place usually. So like that's I think are also what kind of drew me in. It's my preconceived kind of idea what the book would be like right and i think that was that was compelling that that genuinely made me want to know what would happen next because it didn't involve any world leaders it didn't involve any you know crazy uh brushes with historical figures because it it just involved everyday people he he stole this suitcase from a random local mobster in sweden then he met some uh, loner at an old abandoned train station, and then they, they teamed up and then ran into a guy that, that ran a hot dog stand. And then they yeah. met and they met some woman who had an elephant that ran away from the circus. So, like, 
that that was to me was more entertaining than like because you're right at when you're about a third of the way into the book and you've gone through a couple of flashbacks you know anytime there's he, they're relaying the author is writing about alan's past you know he's gonna have some crazy running with some world leader yeah but the current the current timeline is unpredictable because it's just every it's just random characters that show up and i think that's what makes the current timeline more enjoyable yeah exactly that's what makes you want to keep reading more of that story but then it just became predictable the flashbacks because they followed that formula of like a world leader and like somehow he's involved in in that historical event you know did you have a favorite one of the flashbacks of the of the locations or world leaders that he ran into um i guess the truman one was kind of funny because he just uh he i forget exactly what his role was but he basically was like i think serving people dinner and the meetings at the white house and then he chimed in at one of the meetings and like had like valuable input to like about some physics question related to the bomb or something right um i thought that was kind of yeah funny, you're gonna you're gonna give us a one you're gonna get us a one-star review from someone tim because you're not remembering this properly <laughs> oh no <laughs> i knew he was, was serving happen. he was he was serving coffee at los alamos where the where oppenheimer was working on the bomb and he gave oppenheimer the secret uh, and then oppenheimer told truman yes oh, okay. that this guy from sweden sweden helped us discover the bomb and so truman had dinner with alan carlson and they drank and then and i i enjoyed that too because but because that was early in the book that was one of his first major run-ins with the world leader and then after that it just it just kept happening over and over again to the point where it got repetitive yeah and he just made them all all the world leaders seem like super stupid and again i get like that was probably the point but it's like Either make it like really funny or make it more accurate, but it can't be in between where it's just like a little funny and like not really accurate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just grumpy yeah. today. I'm upset because I feel like I've liked your books, your picks more on average recently. Like, whoa, okay. pretty consistently. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the sound of that. I can't pick my own books well. <laughs> anyway, well, sorry, what, what mean, were you like, doing with it? But no, I was gonna. Well, let's let's. I'll I'll, I'll put a pin in what I was gonna say, and I'll touch on that. Um, uh, because my books, I put a lot of thought into my books. These are books I that I've too. been wanting to read for a long time. Like you just picked this one because you saw some trailer about it one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you gotta like take a chance sometimes on a book and just kind of like, you know, and I I followed my gut and and I was yeah. uh, proven wrong. <laughs> no, you're anyway. fine, Tim. I'll just give you a hard time. Yeah, but but no, I mean you you pick some good books too. So and yeah, you know we've done this some forty some books now, so we we can re- rehash all of them sometime soon. Yeah, looking forward to the the retrospective. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. But um, did you have any um, did you learn anything about history with all of Mister the different? Alan Carlson's different run-ins with different countries, world leaders? Yeah, that's a good question. I think probably some things that happened in like Asia and uh, and with the Soviet Union, I probably wasn't that familiar with. But then again, he throws in so much like fiction and random stuff that it's sort of like how much of this actually is, you know, real. What do you think? Right. Did you learn anything new? 
Well, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting when he went to France when he was like 60 or 70. Alan Carlson went to France with Herbert Einstein and Herbert's wife, Amanda, to be because uh, Amanda was going to be the ambassador, the Bali ambassador or Indonesian ambassador to France. Yeah. So when he was in France, it was like night in the late 60s. And at one point they talk about massive civil unrest in France in 1968. And I looked into this more. There was like severe strikes and labor. Like, like just this the economy of France is ground to a halt in 1968 because so many people were striking. And and Charles de Gaulle had to basically cave and, and give in to, you know, they increased pay. They had better uh, labor conditions. So it was a massive shift, social shift in France in the late 60s that I didn't know anything about. Yeah, I read that, but I just figured like France strikes a lot. So I didn't think that much about it, (laughs) you know, like, isn't that kind of the reputation? It's like every like few years, there's just like a major strike and like they riot kind of (laughs) hard. I I mean, I guess you're right with, you know, with Macron lately and or a few years back, they had all these yellow shirts, right? Protesters would go out in the streets wearing these yellow safety vest shirt thing and uh, protest something about Macron and the federal government or something. You're right. Like maybe, maybe yes. The the French every time they think they're working too hard, I guess they just go on strike. So, <laughs> so every six months or so. Shots fired. <laughs> anti-French podcast no we love the French <laughs> come on Brian keep it I chill know. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah no it's right. so there are real historical events this was tied to like on a darker note like he was in Bali and then talked about how like there are these like mass government murders and that kind of thing and I've heard about that in uh Indonesia that there was like a bad civil war I think in in uh I don't know the 70s 80s something like that um mm-hmm. and yeah it's like we never get taught that thing that sort of thing like our schools that i'm aware of like i don't think i ever learned about like indonesian history but it's like a whole other side of the world that all these things happened right right i mean like let's be real in american schools world history is either the buildup of the world before america or yeah. the the history of the world as seen through America's eyes. Yeah. Right? It's crazy because America's like 300 years old, right? And then you have countries like... Not even. Yeah. There are countries that are like, uh, you know, thousands of years old. <laughs> so there's a lot more history uh, to be had. Maybe yeah. that's why other countries find studying American history so easy. They're like, oh, it's just a couple hundred years. <laughs> and done. <laughs> And maybe that's yeah. why Americans are uh, maybe don't have the best outlook on the world because we're not taught crap. <laughs> we're taught this little sliver of the world. So, right. yeah, it's going to be right. our focus. Um, all right. Let me ask you this about the book. If you could live a life like Alan Carlson, would you do it? Where you have all these adventures throughout your whole life and meet all these different people, but seemingly have no roots or no human connection uh i would say no i would definitely say no because i mean his life was just so chaotic and like you know you and i prefer kind of a more low-key chill life i would think and he like spent time in the gulag and stuff and like they had some dark i mean he like 
lived in Bali on vacation for like 10, 15 years or something, but also had all these uh, dark times as well. So um, yeah, I would prefer a more calm life. Also, that reminds me of like Up in the Air or something where George Clooney's character doesn't want to like form any connections. <laughs> Same idea. Uh, but no, I don't think I want to live like that. Right. That's good. No, I completely agree. I wouldn't want Alan Carlson's life. And and that's a good point with George Clooney and Up in the Air. That's a that's a that's a good good connection there, Tim. That's yeah. I definitely wouldn't want Alan Carlson's life. And did you know there's a sequel to this book? Uh, I think I saw there's a sequel to the movie, so <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have assumed there's a book sequel as well. Yeah, I don't know what that's that one's. It's like the further adventures of the hundred year old man who's climbed out the window and disappeared. Oh, it's probably like a hundred and five by the single then or something, right? <laughs> right. But like, it makes me curious because like he pretty much covered his whole life in this book. The author, yeah, through all the flashbacks, flashback to his childhood and his teenage years, his twenties, thirties. Like he did all 100 years are accounted for in this book. So how can he do a sequel? Uh, maybe it's focused more on present day adventures like you were hoping with, the, with this book. We'll just have yeah, to read it and I find don't... out. <laughs> next <book. laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. No, don't worry. I won't pick this up again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think no. My feelings overall is just like either make the guy more likable or make the book more funny, and it was just in that middle ground where it just didn't really fit any either one for me enough. <laughs> right, or 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 do more with the present the the, the present day storyline that both both you and I found more compelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is this, uh, you read Catch-22. I haven't read that. Is it similar at all to that, like historical comedy? I think Catch-22 is better. I, yeah. Catch-22 is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just focused in a, in uh, bombardiers during World War II in, on the Italian front. Okay. So um, it's focused on, on this specific base and all the characters on this base and then the go and the missions they fly um and all that so it's 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 funnier catch 22 is definitely funnier and it's definitely more um yeah well written and i mean like that's one of the you know best books ever so hard to compare. yeah um i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say these those two would be similar um yeah, I think but Forrest Gump is definitely the closest uh, thing I can think of the, to this uh, 100-year-old story. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I haven't read Catch-22, but I think, like, how many fictional, historical fiction books are there with, like, a comedy bend to them? Not a ton, right? That's a very specific genre. Um, yeah. I couldn't, I, yeah, I'm not an expert. I couldn't tell you. I thought of uh, Slaughterhouse Five by Vonnegut because, like, the guy fights in World War Two, and then there's all like the whimsical stuff that happens. Um, and that one too. So, in Slaughterhouse Five, the, um, he is detached from time or something, right? So he experiences all different parts of his life not in order. So that's kind of how the book is written. So it kind of is does you know have does jump around. Similar to how this book does with Alan Carlson, but Slaughterhouse Five, I think, does it in a much more um, creative way and, and humorous way. And, and I mean, Vonnegut's one of the best. So, 
yeah he yeah does it so well yeah i guess there are parallels though like that you said uh so yeah between forrest gump and slaughterhouse five basically is where this book fits but just not as yeah charming as forrest gump or like creative as vonnegut um oh. but you know it's for some people it's worth a read maybe in sweden and like uh, Scandinavia, they're just really into this kind of humor. And like, isn't being detached kind of like their reputation is like, you know, uh, you don't get, they're not like too emotional of people. They just kind of like, oh, oh, how about this for a theory? Can I uh, propose this? So remember in the Danish book we read, My Year of Living Danishly, she talked about how like, oh, like there's all these great things about Denmark, but at the end, like, they have their own problems and they have like this far right uprising and that kind of thing. Right. And so, and my understanding is like in the last decade, maybe there's been like these far right movements that have kind of started to spring up across like Europe or wherever. Um, so like, what if this book was written in the early two thousands or mid, you know, 2009, whatever, as a reaction to these people who are taking politics pretty seriously. And just to show like, here's this whole range of history where people got really caught up with ideas like the Spanish civil war, communism, uh, you know, Soviet Russia, and then like, um, just all these things. Right. And his point is just like, look, like, why are we getting so caught up with these like movements when it's all, it's just a trend of this larger pattern of like things that come and go. Oh man. I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> come on, Ryan. That was like... You really think so? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I really like that, Tim. I do. I just I just you know I don't. We can't say for certain if that's what the author was trying to do. The author very well could have just been trying to think. If a hundred year old man in two thousand five, then he would have been born in nineteen oh five. That means he would have been like you know this age during this time, and then he would have been here, and then he did this, and maybe he was just like trying to create a cool story in his head. Yeah, maybe he doesn't care at all about anything I just said, but I, but I like it. Good theory. It's a good yeah. theory. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because why? Why else would it, he write a book like this? I, I don't know. Like, is he's interested in history and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah I guess I'm gonna look up some interviews. I'm gonna try to find evidence to confirm my theory because I'm just <laughs> too proud of coming up with yeah. that on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe, like, or maybe, uh, here's my theory. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, Sweden is generally a country we think of as nice, uh, good quality of life, but maybe, like, not really taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, of throughout history, you know? So maybe this is some Swedish guy's uh, uh, dream that maybe perhaps Sweden was, could claim to have this such massive influence throughout world events that this one Swedish man just traveled the world and happened to be in the right place at the right time for all these um, historical events and influenced the world in such a big way. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. Um, So is the author trying to prove something like, oh, a Swedish person can do all these things? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> I like I like mine better, but that's that's not that I know. I like yours better too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I want to listen to some interviews with the author and just kind of see where he was coming from. Like, like I want to get a sense of his personality and what, yeah. um, you know, why he came up with this character. Yeah. yeah, 
it sounds like something you should have done before we had our conversation. <laughs> Dude, I mean, okay, if he had like four less chapters or fewer chapters, <laughs> like just rambling on about the same stuff, then I yeah. would have had a little extra time. Uh, did you uh, listen to this one as well? I did, yeah. Was it a, at least an entertaining audio book at all? Uh, it was. Uh, again, it's always kind of tricky with flashbacks because, like, you're like, okay, now we're back in this time period in the 50s when it's um, – I feel like it's easier when you're reading on a book. But, no, it's cool. It's, it's, it's kind of a fun story to hear as an audio book, I would say. It's a good one to listen to. Here's my question. When, you, when you're listening to – at the beginning of each chapter, it gave me – it gave the reader a date of, oh. like, you know, May – 2005 or maybe like 1927 to 1932 did the audiobook say that at all yeah yeah they would say that all right well that's helpful too because like sometimes i'm not sure like what all you would get in listening to the audiobook because i do not yeah. listen to the books well that would yeah because otherwise i'd be really confused if they didn't like oh at least yeah say what era it was <laughs> right uh, i still remember still, yeah I still remember reading Sherlock Holmes for the very first time. I read the, A Study in Scarlet. And at one point, you're reading this book, and it's about Sherlock Holmes in London, England, and all this stuff. And then one chapter talks about some family in Utah. And I'm like, like, like at the start of the chapter, you're expecting the next chapter to continue on with the story of Sherlock Holmes. But it talks about like something in the United States, and I'm like, did I miss something? Did I miss a chapter? Like it was so <laughs> weird. It threw me for such a loop. So I just had to put that out there. If you ever read Study on Scarlet, look. I mean, like it's a good book still, but um, I tell you what, there was one time when a little explanation would have <laughs> helped, <laughs> or a little display. Was it still a Sherlock Holmes story, but just based yeah. in Utah? Oh. No, it was it was a novel. So like. Basically, Conan Doyle was then talking about a different character who came to London from the States and he was given that character's backstory. But like it, uh, it he totally started it in a very confusing way. Uh, OK, just threw you off. Yeah. 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 Well, I probably won't read that unless I'm forced to sorry. on this podcast. <laughs> sorry for the depression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. I think I can uh, really. Uh, just in terms of being confused about like following some of these storylines, but no, this one uh, it was pretty straightforward, I think, even though it jumped back and forth in timelines. Yeah. Right. I mean, did you like? So I guess we didn't go into very much detail about the the actual his actually event his adventure he has when he's a hundred years old. He goes out, he he steals a sick piece of money, he meets some some random people, they become friends. They befriend a woman with an elephant, and they all go to – where do they end up going? They end up going back to Bali, don't they? Yeah, eventually, like toward the right. end. Yeah. So, and then they live a happily ever after in Bali, apparently. So yeah, I mean, that's just it. Like I – it was it was good, but like, yeah, it wasn't great. I, yeah, I like wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> it's like the sad thing. Like, again, unless you have this like – interest in history and humor but again it's not really great for either i don't know i, I sound pretty harsh like it's not yeah. the worst book in the world like i mean like there are parts that are funny and uh 
it's just like how if you've seen Forrest Gump, like it really is just a much better version of this in my opinion. So it's like don't even bother with this <laughs> if you have seen it. So yeah, Tim. So when you're reading a a funny book, mm-hmm. do you laugh out loud as you're reading? I think I I chuckle and exhale loudly through my nose, but uh, I don't do a big Brian laugh, <laughs> a big hearty. <laughs> uh, only so, you yeah, I. Do I that. Well, you know, I guess I, I guess I don't do that a whole lot. But then again, I've, a thought just occurred to me is normally I'm actually reading with my eyes, whereas you're more taking it in by listening to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that would make it funnier if you were listening to it. Right. I guess so. Uh, I think it's hard, though, because I usually listen while I'm walking. And so I'll like be walking by a random people and just like chuckle. <laughs> and so I feel like some pressure to like stifle that and hold uh, it sometimes. <laughs> I think I'm laughing at them. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm re- if I'm reading something, and I think it's funny. I want to keep reading. So I'm like, I'm not going to bust out laughing uh, while I'm reading because I want to keep reading to see, you know, to enjoy the funny part. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that makes sense. I think the narrator, uh, it depends a lot on them, too, and how well they can, like, deliver the humor. Um, But we've read, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy not too long ago. Like, I thought that was more funny than this, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. um, I don't know. Like, I guess I haven't read, like, a ton of, like, funny books. But, yeah, ones like that have been more, stood out more. Yeah, for sure. have you read what books have made you like laugh out loud? Catch twenty two. That's a good one. I mean, that's just it. I don't. I don't do my big Brian belly laugh when I'm reading. <laughs> I don't because huh? like because I, I I think something's funny. I'll chuckle. I'll be like, <laughs> you know, as I keep reading. Yeah. But like, because like that's like I said, I I just want to keep reading because like if it's something good, if it's really good and really and I'm, I'm enjoying it, I don't want it to stop. I don't. I'm not going to stop reading. And go. Ha, 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 ha. That was funny, you know. <laughs> See, I thought you might do that. Uh, you should, uh, you should live stream yourself like on on Twitch reading a book. <laughs> like people play video games. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really. I'm funny. sure. I'm sure that would get all a lot of a lot of uh, followers. Dude, you yeah. gotta be. You gotta be different. Like, how do you stand out in this crowded field mm-hmm. of video game streamers? I'm a book streamer. <laughs> oh, book streamer. Yeah. Dude, come on, Brian. This is. This is gold. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that take off like five years from now, and and, <laughs> and you'll be say, you'll be tell you'll be saying I told you so. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, you see, that's just it. Like, I can't think of any real books that make me laugh out loud. I like Vonnegut for that reason because I like Joseph Heller is funny. Um, like Catch Twenty Two is more about the bureaucracy of military and and the absurdity of war and and you know that kind of stuff and so there's some funny moments in that but like some of his other books um good as gold uh joseph heller book i find i found that to be funny um mm-hmm. but like yeah i mean like there's other books i've read like is chuck is um charles bukowski supposed to be funny um funny in a sense but kind of like existential and also depressing i mean we read we read what did we read the postman though no post, not post office or something the post office is that it something like that yeah it's bad we read that a long time ago though yeah 
I think it was called Post Office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I thought that was entertaining. I thought, so like Post Office by Charles Bukowski or this book that we just read, which one did you like better? Uh, Post Office. Yeah, it, it had uh, more like laugh out loud funny parts for me. And um, yeah, maybe we should just read books by like comedians or something. We should, <laughs> that might be a fun one to throw in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's some comedians who've done like biographies and stuff that would be kind of funny. Yeah, we could read Tina Fey's biography, right? Autobiography. That could be a good one. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. No, I oh, have not. Have. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you should use it for your pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't done very many biographies or autobiographies, have we? For this podcast. No, I don't think so. I think, yeah, it's time we uh, throw one in there. Yeah, I might look into that. What's, right. uh, okay, we should do, are you, are you ready to do rating soon? Because I want to talk about our yes. next books too, kind of over this yes. one. <laughs> yes. All right. So, The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared by Jonas Johansson. Mm-hmm. Rating time, t- Tim. You want me to go? Yeah. Uh, between two and three. Uh, off the top of my head, I think, man, it sounds hard. I feel like I have been extra harsh today because it's not like terrible, like I said. But I think just based on everything I said, I'm gonna go with two, um, just because it really just feels like a lesser Forrest Gump. And just go see that, and you'll you'll be like, okay, this is the superior things. Uh, so yeah, hard not to compare them, but it is yeah. what it is. So how are you? Yeah, I'll say three. I, I I did enjoy it. I mean, like to me, it was an easy read. It was, I think, I think it was longer than you expected it to be. <laughs> it was like, it, def- it three, definitely was. Yeah. 350 pages or so, which isn't terribly long, but, um, but I definitely the first half was quick to read through. And then I realized that, oh, all these flashbacks are just going to be kind of the same thing, but in different historical periods. So, yeah. yeah, three for me. I mean, decent. If you if you like whimsical adventure. Yeah. Know, but for yeah. certain people and people of Sweden, if this is what you're into, then more power to you. Uh, just yeah. didn't do it for me. It yeah. was de- it was an easy read, like you said, but just felt like it got predictable and old, and I think that's why it dragged on for me. Um, right, for sure. But, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. so what are we reading next? What do you got? coming up we are reading the postman by david brin because i did the post office so you're doing the postman is there yes. something going on i here? did not <laughs> i did not bring up the post office by charles bukowski on purpose that was purely accident <laughs> i got the mailbox next is my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's right. dumb. all right but no i'm looking forward to reading this one um so yeah so we'll talk more about it uh, next time because it's gonna be good. Trust me. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. You, you said yourself you like my books better than the ones you picked yourself. Yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> God knows what I picked for our next book. I hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This yeah. whole podcast is just a way to learn things from you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you've had some good picks in the past, Tim. So yeah, don't sell yourself short. Thank you. I feel like I got to redeem myself for a couple of recent ones, but they'll come. They'll come. All right. Until next time. Wait, you say that, don't you? (laughs) Okay. So 
Yes, thank you, everyone. You can go to twoguysonebook.com, our website, to see what we're reading after the postman, and to make comments on this 100-year-old man who climbed out the window and disappeared. And if you really liked it, you can tell us why, And because we want to know. If you thought this was a five-star book, go on our website, twoguysonebook.com, and tell us why, because we'll be curious to know. But you'll be wrong. (laughs) So until next time, keep reading.